Well, happy Sunday, everyone. Happy Sunday. Here we are, the last Sunday. Oh, no, it's the first Sunday in August. I'm excited to get started on a new month. However, it is the last Sunday in our summer season, and we have a very special show for you today. I'm going to go ahead and get our countdown started, and we're going to see who's going to join us on this Sunday morning. Welcome. You are here with us at Weightless in Mind, Body, and Spirit with yours truly, Dr. Carol Penn, triply board certified in family medicine, osteopathic manipulative medicine, and obesity medicine. I am also your master movement meditation and mindset coach, three-time best-selling author, so proud of my book, Babies, Meditation in the Time of Madness, a guidebook for talented teens, tweens, their parents and guardians who need to thrive, and my journal, Meditation in a Time of Madness, a 90-day journal for grown folks who really want to just you know capture their purpose in life and move and live and breathe and have their being insane. So I am just delighted to be here this Sunday. I can't think of a better guest than the superstar guest that you are about to meet this morning, my friend, Dr. Donna Hamilton. Oh my goodness. Oh my goodness. We did meet in the Business Academy of the Medical Moguls, we share in common a business coach, the wonderful, the magnificent Dr. Dre on Birch. And from just the day one, when I went to that first conference, people kept saying, oh, you're Dr. Donna's mini-me. You're Dr. Donna's mini-me. And I was like, well, I need to meet this Dr. Donna. And sure enough, we did meet. And I have to tell you, whenever I am in the presence of this gifted human being. Sparks fly. The connection, the, the consciousness is so elevated. So it is indeed my delight to be able to bring her forward on this platform today. It is also my honor that she's carved out some time out of her busy schedule to to be here. And so before we get started, before I go ahead with the formal introduction, as always, please let us know who's here in the audience. I see people are gathering. Go ahead, put a shout out, use your taglines, hashtag meditation nation, hashtag beloved community, and let us know that you are here so I can say hello to you, so I can welcome you. And as always, we want to be lively. We want to be engaged. We want to be interactive. Remember that sharing is caring. You know, you got some folk on Sunday morning that needs to go from stuck to unstoppable that might need to understand 
the definition of trauma. That word is just being thrown around a lot lately. And as always, the information here is for educational and informational purposes only. However, it is education and information that can form a little cornerstone in your own personal transformation, whether that is spiritual or physical or emotional, psychological. And that's what this is about. It's about transformation. It is about optimizing our health and well-being on multiple levels. All right. So let's, I'm going to take a peek and see who's already chiming in. Good morning and welcome the fantastic, the magnificent Kenny Brazil Hamilton. So glad to see you here. Good morning, Dr. Tanya, another superstar here. Thank you so much for waking up and tuning in. Good morning, Myra, hashtag Center for Mind Body Medicine here in the house. Good morning, Victoria. Yes, Wilmington, Delaware, hashtag Meditation Nation in the house. Good morning, Dr. Miriam. Yes, 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 yes. So excited. Another one of our brilliant medical professionals here in the community. And I'm glad to see the profession of OB-GYN is being represented very strongly because Dr. Tanya is also an OB-GYN. Good morning. Good morning, Angelique, and welcome. Good morning, Laurie, and welcome. Hashtag Wildfit Tribe in the house. Good morning, DM, my beloved. Yes, Red Bank is in the house. So wonderful. We already have people that are up, that are involved, that are engaged. So I'm excited about that. Well, without further ado, because you know what happens, I think I sometimes I think, oh, the show's going to be 30 minutes today, 45 minutes. It always goes to the hour. So I want to have Dr. Donna before this audience for as much time as possible. So I'm going to bring her on and just, just take her in. Just take her in and I'm going to share her bio with you so you get a little bit of that background information. Hey, there she is. <laughs> good morning. Good morning. Good morning, everyone. Yes, Jersey in the house. We're both Jersey girls. We're both Jersey yes, girls. Yes. Got to claim that. So, Physician. Trauma-informed well-being strategist. You hear that sentence? I love it. Media figure and four-time best-selling author Donna L. Hamilton, MD, is one of the most innovative health promotion voices in the United States. A trailblazer, Dr. Donna moved beyond her white coat and stethoscope so she could teach what it really means to be healthy. And she did it at a time when almost all other physicians were limiting their services to traditional clinical settings. Can I say hashtag trailblazer? A retired board certified pediatrician, Dr. Donna quickly learned that the key to achieving optimal health in children was to first optimize the health of the adults in their lives. This prompted our health pioneer to embark on a new path toward improving the health of our society. She now uses her expertise to teach adults how to become healthier using holistic and trauma-informed strategies. 
and engaging and dynamic international speaker and consultant, Dr. Donna presents health and well-being seminars, workshops, and strategy sessions at conferences and workplaces. Her work has supported many organizations, including some on the Fortune 100 list. She has been featured in numerous media outlets, including ABC, CBS, NBC, Fox, NPR, Fortune, Investors, Business Daily, Inc., American Express, Open, MSNBC, Yahoo, More Magazine, Ebony, and Self Magazines. Her participants learn practical tips and tools that inspire them to move forward and function at their best in mind, body, spirit, and life. Let's welcome Dr. Donna as we prepare to receive practical pearls of wisdom for improving our health and well-being. So yay! Thank you, thank you. And welcome, welcome, welcome. All right, look, we have Dr. Yvette in the house. Hey, Dr. Dr. Yvette. We love you, Dr. Yvette. Yes, another trailblazing international speaker. So, you know, a powerhouse of an audience. Good morning and welcome, Patrick. So I'm so delighted to see that my colleagues from the Center for Mind-Body Medicine are also here as well. So this is all so exciting. And you know, you and I can get going and we could just talk for hours, for hours. And most recently, we shared the platform at a conference, a live with real people in the same room, (laughs) conference licensed to live with our colleague, Dr. Jarrett. And it, it was really fantastic. And when I heard you speak, your topic of, 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 of talking about going from stuck to unstoppable, I was like, that's it. That's it. We had decided and you had accepted the invitation to be on the show. But this, I, I think your message is so important and it's coming at a critical time because people are feeling stuck. We're living in such a time of uncertainty globally, such a time of turmoil. So I just want to jump right in. My theme for August is this sense of, of willpower. And, you know, what does that mean? I think a lot of us, we look at willpower and it has meant that we burn ourselves out and we become exhausted because it's all about the kind of willpower where we're pushing the rock up the hill. We're carrying, you know, literally the weight of the world on our shoulders. Dr. Donna, what what is a, a broader, more encompassing approach to this idea of willpower? For me, it includes the concepts of allowance and surrender. Where are you and what are you seeing? in terms of like that whole piece as we're trying to move forward in these uncertain times. Thank you so much for this. I'm going to tell your audience right now, my eyes are moving a lot. We're not, I know, can we just be authentic? It's a Sunday morning. I'm not going, I love authenticity. I'm going to move. I have two monitors. So I'm going to move one over. So when I'm looking at Dr. Carroll, it doesn't look like I'm looking over to the side. So there we go. There we go. Yeah. So, Yes, this is great. Thank you so much. Anyone who's heard me speak, and Dr. Carroll just heard me at this conference, I'm very, very big on making sure we mean the same thing when we use certain words, and also that we 
do our best to maintain the spirit of, of words. Because many times we'll use words and then we'll start to, they're kind of misused. I don't want to say misappropriated, but they're kind of misused and eventually people are using it to mean something that it really isn't. And I think will is one of those words. People hear will and willpower and they presume it means forcing yourself. Ultimately, that's what it is, you know, and we celebrate that, you know, quite often. I mean, how many times do we see things around, you know, celebrating, kind of pushing yourself and forcing yourself and let's, you know, get up and, you know, keep the grind going. And there's a place for that, but it, it isn't the only way. Will is really around, um, I'm going to say really around, in, in a way, your desire to do something, and then it, it encompasses a lot of other principles. My, my training as a coach, my background is as a spiritual life coach. So I really think in terms of principles and mm -hmm. in, in the broader sense of it. So will is really about aligning with our, what the desire, the inner desire is, inner will. And it's not so much about forcing oneself to do something. And we, we work with a lot of our clients are, are super achievers. Mm -hmm. And so we know that they already know how to force themselves in, in hunker down because in general, most of us over the arc of our life, we have many different lessons to learn. So there are some people who might benefit from learning how to push themselves more and how to push through discomfort and difficulties. Uh, many super achievers, that's not their lesson. They've been there, done that, mastered that, got the PhD in it, brought the t-shirt. That, that lesson often is around learning how to trust and pause and trust the power of the pause. So we really want to know when to push and when to pause. And so we can align our will with what it is we want to accomplish and how we want to accomplish it. Oh, beautiful, beautiful, beautiful answer. So that's our, that's our, our, our framework where we're going this morning. And you know, again, so many points to touch upon. Now, this other word, trauma, that we're hearing bantied about, it's everywhere, it's in the social media, it's on television, and, you know, trauma-informed, that's, you know, part of your introduction, that's, you know, part of how we both define our work in the world. Talk to me a little bit about trauma. What does trauma mean? What does trauma-informed mean? And what do people need to understand that? Are we all traumatized? Is everything that goes on that's not going according to plan a trauma? No, it is not. And this is very, very important. A lot of times people will use a word um, that has a very specific connotation and they'll start to use it kind of as a vernacular. And that sometimes that's fine, but other times that can be dangerous, particularly with a word like trauma. So I, when I first started um, my work as a, a coach, and especially a spiritual life coach, and then eventually evolved into being a well-being strategist. A few years ago, it became clear that part of my journey and what was going to be important was to begin to work with um, particularly adult survivors of childhood trauma. And that was a big deal because at the time when I was considering it and talking about it, the, you actually using the word trauma upset people. And so I spent a lot of time even kind of paid a consultant and a branding person around, is there another word for me to use? And now people are talking about it all the time, which I think is a can be a plus, but we have to be careful because people, if they start to water it down, use it too cavalierly, that can be um, 
dangerous, especially for people who have experienced a frank trauma. So there are a lot of different definitions for trauma. And, and we'll talk about trauma informed later because that's another one that's really being used. And we want to be really careful because that uh, truly something trauma informed has very specific qualities and characteristics. But trauma in general, and we won't go, go into the formal definitions. At conferences, I'll put up a slide so people can read it. But we, we can talk about a few of the attributes of something that truly is a trauma. First thing is not every upset is a trauma. Some upsets are upsets. You know, now, trauma, there's formal definitions for physicians from the uh, DSM-5. And then there's, you know, so the Substance Abuse Mental Health Society has one. But some of the key attributes that make a trauma an actual trauma is that the person experienced it as, as a harm. And many times, either they thought they were going to die or have a severe injury, or a loved one may have thought they may die or have a severe injury, someone they know. And then there's other types of trauma. So we can actually have a vicarious trauma where we hear other people who went through a life-threatening or, or um, an experience that could have been you know, very physically injurious to them. And we hear that over and over. That can also become uh, vicariously traumatic. So some of the core elements of, of a trauma is that there's an event and then the person experiences it as, as harmful and has a long-term impact on their well-being. So there's an event, there's the experience of it, then the effect of it is, is that it was um, harmful and has a and has a longer impact on their well-being. Yes, 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 yes. So can I'm just wondering, is anybody out there who's watching today, can you relate to that? Do you understand that? Are there things that are going on in your life right now that you feel have had a long-term impact on your sense of well-being? Because I think understanding this is a part of understanding what we need to do in terms of going from stuck to unstoppable. Is there something that has occurred or is occurring that's having a long-term impact on my well-being? I know for many people right now, it's, it's the obvious in terms of with the pandemic. And I'm hearing people right now talking about you know what? I feel what we're going through right now is worse than when the shutdown occurred a year ago because I just I just don't know. I don't know what to do. I kind of accept it, being able to be in and limiting my activities. And now this I'm just, you know, you know, wondering, you know, what's gonna happen in the places, you know, do I wear my mask? Do I not wear my mask? Um, am I going to be able to go back to work when I go back to work? Is the workplace environment going to be safe? Oh, am I going to be able to get a booster shot? Do I need a booster shot? So these are the kinds of conversations that I'm hearing, as well as people just, I'm just, I'm just tired of this. I'm tired of this. And also that vicarious trauma where even if they haven't had a loved one transition due to COVID or other causes, just being aware of people who have and, and knowing someone who has, and I think everyone knows someone who has gone through this process of loss and grief around this virus. Are you seeing that in your interactions? 
Absolutely. Absolutely. So I um, think it's important when we're considering it, because sometimes people, back to what we were saying in the beginning, sometimes people hear trauma, then they feel traumatized by the idea of trauma. So we want to, one, have people, support people and perhaps not fearing that, but also they're not labeling themselves. So when we talk about it again, everything you described, those are, uh, they can be upset and they can end up being traumatic, but they aren't necessarily traumatic. They are life experiences that can uh, lead to some fear and some upset and some anxiety, but it doesn't necessarily mean that it's having a harm, it's harmful to you. Now, with that said, some people it is because some people are quite literally fearing for their lives, which fits the more traditional definition of, of a trauma. They're fearing for their lives, the lives of their loved ones. And so th that's where we get into something where we may have a much longer term effect. So, yes, I, I saw that now maybe not as much um, fear about the unknown, but I think that might be starting to rev up as people are hearing more and more about the Delta variant and how infectious it is. And so we may have another wave of people who are shifting from just a kind of frustration of, of the unknown and maybe a little fear of the unknown to, again, frank fear for their health and safety and well-being. And that's when we get more into something that could possibly be a more traditional um, traumatic experience. And what about people who, again, are having reactions to our political climate, to our racialized trauma? Because I'm also hearing those conversations. That's absolutely, that, that, there are a lot of different categories of trauma and gener, um, racial trauma, generational trauma. That's a big one because that's something that impacts a group of people over time. And that's been big, especially last summer. A lot of those wounds were opened. And just um, for some people that even though it was painful, but for some, I think it actually was validating because it was able to give voice to the pain that was there. A lot of times people don't have the words to put on or they feel like they're suffering and other, one, other people don't understand it. So at least now we are having a discussion and some people are now hearing or seeing other people articulate what they had been feeling alone. So, so that, I tend to be someone, mindset is everything, which I know your audience knows. And so it's important for us to have, look at perspectives, not in a Pollyanna sort of way. Let's get that very clear. One thing that I saw last year, which was very concerning to me, there was a um, kind of a positivity backlash. <laughs> and that was a bit concerning to me because people were like, just let me be in my feelings, damn it. Um, and, that's, <laughs> we want, you know, and that's important. We want to give all of our feelings and emotions um, airtime. So we don't want toxic positivity. We want authentic positivity. And um, so when we look at uh, do a perspective shift, it's not about trying to make ourselves feel happy. It is looking at a whole a myriad of ways that we can interpret something. And that can be very helpful because that can shift someone from feeling disempowered to empowered. And that's very, that's very important. And when we talk about being trauma informed, empowerment is, a, is one of the core principles. And so that's why perspective is important. So even when something very difficult happens, we can look at the whole piece of it and say, well, even though this was upsetting and sad, um, I can find some hope and optimism as well. So to your point, you talked about a lot of the political um, experience. 
that happened this week when we saw the officers, the very brave officers testifying. Full disclosure, one of those brave officers is my family member. So um, yes, I, I am biased. I also like to say I can be biased and correct. So, um, yes. Yes. <laughs> um, you know, and so it was a very, a lot of people, I got a lot of messages from people that were both saying it was very painful to hear and they were in tears and they also felt um, encouraged by the, seeing the officers being so courageous and speaking the truth of what happened. And so it was a twofold piece. And so we can look at both and that way we can, that sometimes the perspective can be the difference in what makes something an upset versus a full, a frank trauma because you can actually feel some hope in the po as opposed to just having that long-term um, feeling like it's, it's an injury to your spirit and your psyche and you, you continue to fear for your life and your survival. You can actually have some hope and say, okay, that maybe this isn't a threat to my, my, my survival. I, you know, I, oh, I, I love what you said. And so does one of our, our viewers bias and correct. I too, I watched <laughs> that testimony uh, this week, this testimonials. Um, wow. So I'll say they were both testimony and testimonials. There was so much emotion behind what they were saying and what their experience was in that mayhem that took place on January 6th. And I do feel they were courageous because they weren't just trying to speak some party line or, or, or no one sounded like they were trying to appease anybody else. They were saying this was a horrifying and dangerous event that not only threatened them personally, and they spoke to that, but was really striking at the fabric of our society and what democracy means and what freedom means to be in the midst of that and to feel alone, isolated, you know, unsupported. So it, it was very powerful. And again, like you're saying, you know, there's also the opportunity in that, you know, this, this reminds me of that Chinese character that means both danger and opportunity simultaneously. Crisis, yeah. Crisis, yeah. Yeah, the yes, that symbol. And I think this such it's we are in such a time at this time. And I can't go without a further ado. One of our really wonderful, ever present viewers. Happy 65th birthday. Yes, Martha. It's a <laughs> it is a very, very, very special day. And that's a special birthday. And then, you know, Martha's also sharing when you have been faced with many family and friends dying, it's real to you, especially when you can't get to a funeral or um, there is no actual funeral. And some people don't want you to send cards when you hear about a death because they are scared of the paper coming into their homes. And I think that's when it crosses over into trauma, right? What Martha's talking about. And we're also, and I know with your background as a spiritual life coach, speak to a moment about what she's talking about when we can't do our usual rituals, which is to be able to gather in community as someone has made this transition from life to life beyond the veil. That's big. That That's a real, 
challenge that seems too watered down because you're right because we now we're dealing with people aren't able to grieve and process and then as we just saw so wonderfully described and then it can be compounded by fear so even when we want to do something to connect when you're truly fearful that you might receive something that can then again be life-threatening you're right that's when it can become um traumatic you know so you're really afraid when we're fearing for our lives that we may or we have a long-term injury that's when it's really difficult the opportunity from this that we're all kind of been forced to um is to find other ways to meet those needs and and that's challenging because we can we kind of have to do this dance we want to do what we know how to do and we're being forced to do something else but one of the things that came out of last year, a lot of people kind of went into their creative spirit and found new ways to create ceremony and, and to create um, a tribal connection. And so that's what we had to do. This is where the will and the willing comes in, because if you're not willing to change then you're and you're wanting it to be the way it is, then that's when we can get um, get stuck into sadness and depression, again, feeling disempowered. Like, you know, you're being forced and held down by circumstances or people or the government or like whatever, however you're making sense of it, as opposed to acceptance and being willing to look at it differently, being willing to accept what is, being willing to make a new choice so that you stay safe, other people stay safe. So this is where that will comes in that you're talking about your wonderful theme for the month. And so I really encourage people, we must be willing to be flexible because we are living in truly, truly uncharted and unknown times for most of everyone who's been alive on this planet right now. Most people haven't been lived through this degree of uncertainty. And that can be a very upsetting, especially for anyone who has one of the biggest um, addictions, which is addiction to control. <laughs> People are just addicted to control, controlling themselves, controlling other, whatever it is. And so that can be very frightening. Uh, you know, so I don't mean to make light of it because, you know, I kind of um, a recovered control addict, you know, um, for me, it was very self-control, you know, kind, you know, and that, that's quite common with people who are trauma survivors, particularly um, survivors of childhood trauma. We like to, you know, know what's going on and so we can figure out how we're going to adapt to it. And that's challenging right now. But when we get into that space where we are willing to let go of what we would like it to be, then a lot of times, especially if we're meditating and we're reflective, new ideas will come from, to us about how we can still honor and celebrate and grieve and mourn and stay connected in a new way. But we have to be open to those new opportunities and those new ideas to, um, to come. They really can be inspired, really, you know, because inspired has spirit inspirited. We can be inspired thoughts as long as we are willing to receive it. Wow, beautiful response. So for the people that are listening and participating this morning, what are some steps or suggestions to help people get to the place where they are willing to change, willing to entertain new ideas, willing to create something new, to make a way out of no way in these uncharted territories. Because that's why I feel a lot of people are so frustrated. But that's, you know, that's not how we do it. You know, I'm, I'm used to doing that. And they just, you know, get stuck in this whirlpool mm-hmm. of, of, well, you know, the way it was, because the way it was in so many cases 
is no longer available to us. Absolutely, absolutely. So yes, yeah, so when so when we work with our clients, and we like you said, we work with super achievers, helping them move from stuck to unstoppable, so they can function at their best in mind, body, spirit, and life. And that's very important because a lot of times people don't even think about what really it means to truly be healthy for them. And that's really what health is. It's functioning at your best, physically, mentally, emotionally, socially, and spiritually. So we teach people to look at their five arenas. So the physical, which we just talked about, that's your body, what you put in it, what you put on it, but also your physical environment. The mental, which are your thoughts, beliefs, perspectives, how you talk to yourself, whether you have an inner coach or inner critic. Your emotional arena, so those are your feelings, you know, happy, sad, angry, fearful. Uh, social arena, which is another very big one, because that's, you know, your habits, your hobbies, your work, your money, your relationships. And then the spiritual arena, which isn't uh, necessarily about religion, though religion does fall into that. Spiritual arena is how you make sense of things, your purpose, your mission. Uh, so, it, we look at all of those arenas. So when we work with our clients, we start with that, supporting people and looking at it because the first step towards change is awareness. So we must begin with self-awareness. And part of that is self-reflection. And it's also being willing to, again, there's that word again, using your will and being willing to tell yourself the microscopic truth because a lot of times people are not willing to do that. And so we have to really be honest with ourselves about what's working, what isn't working, what we want, as opposed to what we're told we are supposed to want, what's supposed to make us happy. So there's a, that's usually the very first step. We really support people in looking at, looking at what's working, what isn't working, because we have to understand what, what is and isn't working before we get to the why and the how. Oh, I love it. I love it. I love it. I love the microscopic truth. We have to. Bias and correct the microscopic <laughs> truth. We're getting some phrases here. We're gonna have to yes, 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 yes. You know what I mean? Because sometimes we'll tell ourselves like the cute, superficial truth, but we want to get down underneath everything. We really have to tell ourselves the microscopic truth of what we're doing, why we're doing it, what we want, what we don't want. Yeah, yeah. I love it. I love it. I love it. So we've got some comments here. I'm going to share these. So for me, this is from Patrick, being empowered to take control of self-care, learning tools to cope and sharing personal victories are keys to come through traumatic experiences with encouragement as a testimony of hope to others in pain. Learning to grow, forgive, challenge oneself, accept oneself and uplift others as a community is the path needed to be victorious in life. Like a phoenix, every time life knocks me down, I rise from the ashes stronger and more resilient than ever. Be blessed all. It's beautiful. That is beautiful. I love that, Patrick, for, for so many reasons. One of which without even, I don't, I'm not sure, but I'm imagining without really realizing it, he actually describes some core uh, principles of, of trauma-informed, being trauma-informed. Right, the empowerment, the um, the the transparency. Because we teach trauma informed self care, we actually translate some of the 
core trauma-informed principles that are typically done with organizations, and we teach people to apply them to, to themselves. And you, he's done that uh, trust, transparent, transparency, the empowerment piece, even uh, peer support, collaboration. These are all principles that help us really work with ourselves. So even if we're traumatized, it helps us still move forward in a, in a gentler, more effective way without kind of re-harming ourselves. Oh, that's beautiful. And again, I I love the level of consciousness in this audience and also this level of discourse, which I personally find uplifting and empowering. And it just feels supportive to me. And I think, you know, part of one of the reasons why I do the work that I do and I, I do this show is I'm very intentional about creating community. And I keep thinking, you know, who do who do I want to be hanging out with? You know, five years from now, 10 years from now, 15 years from now, you know, and as the as and when the end of my human life approaches, you know, I want to be surrounded by this elevated, beloved community. So I think this is also very much about learning to be the change you want to see in the world and learning it that it's an inside job. I don't believe it's going to come from the top down and there's going to be somebody that swoops down to to save us. I just I just don't see that. I really think it's going to be something I'm not even going to say from the bottom up. I'm going to say from the within to the without. Absolutely. Absolutely. That's that is how it happens. There's that's the only way we can make change is from, from ourselves. No one can do, people can teach you something, but at the end of the day, not even at the end of the day, someone can teach you, but we have to receive it and apply it, which means we have to understand it. We have to, again, be willing to uh, incorporate it. Like, it's not just going to land by osmosis and automatically change behaviors, for for example. So it, it, all change comes from within, all, yes. You know, whether it's, whether it's behave, behavioral or even physiologic. I mean, if you think about it, even physiologically, it comes from literally from within. So we, 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 we must, we, we absolutely must. And you said community is so important, having the right community, a healthy community. And I think that's another opportunity that came out of the, um, that is still present in this pandemic, which can be frightening for some people. People, um, People are looking at their life choices. They're looking at their tribe. And a lot of times, especially when the lockdown happened, people were forced to be present with whomever within their immediate space. And I think it's very interesting that um, the divorce rates went up (laughs) during this. um, Because I think a lot of people really were forced to look at their lives. And that takes some courage. And it can, that can be uncomfortable. It takes even more courage to, again, tell ourselves the truth, the microscopic truth, and say this isn't working or it's only working a little bit, but it's not really what I want. Yeah. And then to make a new choice and course correct. And and I think that's what's happening now. People are starting to find new tribes or or even see even even if it were was not people that they were um, sequestered with people notice who called and checked on them, who didn't check on them. Like there was a lot of kind of forced awareness if you were open to it to really pay attention to what was going on. 
and to see what that felt like. You know, people maybe notice strangers checking on them or they realize there no one was checking on them. They lived alone and no one was checking on them. Yes. So this is a time for us to look at our lives. See, that's that awareness piece. So that's, the, that's why that's the first step. When we teach people to move from stuck to unstoppable, we really must take inventory of what's working, what isn't working, and what we want. So if that worked for you, that's great. But if you realize that it didn't feel good to you or didn't resonate well with you, then it's an op- what are we going to do about it? We have to make some changes. And, and then we start to look at, okay, well, what does that look like? How are we going to do it? Yes. I'll, and we have another term coming out. Enforced awareness. The, we, the, the pearls are just <laughs> dropping today, Dr. Donald. They're just dropping today. So I, I you know, like to make you uh, aware, and I think we will keep moving through this conversation of, you know, that stuck to unstoppable. There are two people that are participating this morning that I and DM are going to be participating with, and this is this vision to it's international this is this vision to to work with this community to create a third and fourth year medical school curriculum for the medical school in the country of gambia and the west coast of africa and i'm involved with you know putting together some again some powerful people that i feel like Come on, we need need to be lecturers at this medical school. And you're one of them, Dr. Danya. Oh, thank, you. thank you. <laughs> Along with Dr. Yvette, if she our yeah. travel physician, our yes. emergency room expert. Hopefully she's still watching since I'm calling her name and I'm gonna be calling <laughs> upon her in the very near future. But uh, Patrick is involved with that. And again, the perspective from the center from mind, body medicine, as is Victoria. And Victoria is sharing here. So Victoria is a brilliant, she's from a medical family from the Gambia. She is also one of our nation's preeminent occupational therapists and one of a handful of occupational therapists who have a melanated skin. So Victoria is saying, I believe one's mindset and surrounding yourself with the people who can keep it real with you all the time definitely helps. Absolutely. Absolutely. That's what we need. Keep it real with also with the balance of compassion, I like to add, because we, we go back and forth. Sometimes we have people keep it real, but they are, but they do it in a way that's harsh. And even if they, I don't want to say not loving, but it doesn't feel loving. So this is one of those areas where we want to find a balance. And I think that's another thing that's coming out of this pandemic where the, we have to find, some people are finding they have to find that middle way of being. It's not either or, it can be both and, and there's a nuance. So you're right. So some people either, they feel like, again, that toxic positivity, they just kind of tell you what you want to hear, or they think that they have to just kind of be the one to tell you all the stuff you don't want to hear. And we can do both with that, which is what, what Victoria is describing. You have a tribe that's surrounding yourself, they'll keep it real. Well, but also really help uplift you while doing it, as opposed to just trying to tear you down or just trying to burst a bubble or, you, you know, like, we, because we, we, we want, that's the point of truly having a tribe. 
as opposed to just a group you belong to. You, yes. you know what I mean? You know yes. what I mean? Like a, like a real like tribe where we're all moving forward together. And, you know, there is a powerful difference. So, you know, one of the things that a part of the research that is coming forward out of the obesity medicine community is that when a person is, particularly when something is, is based in lifestyle and behaviors. So for instance, when a person desires to release weight, what they want to do, a couple of things they want to start with, they go out to eat, they want to observe, well, what are the people whose bodies kind of look like the way I would like my body? What are they ordering? You see, what are they eating? They also want to start to bring into their tribe for that period, those, again, those people who, again, it's like, I would love it if I could be at my ideal weight, whatever that is. And it's all going to look different. But as, as one uh, client of mine says, she said, I just started hanging out with my skinny friends. <laughs> and she said the, the, the language was completely different. Their activity levels were completely different. The food that they had in their homes was completely different. And I just started noticing and without even too much changing what I was doing, it just I, I just started to shift. And once I started to make that shift, I saw the release that I was seeking begin to happen. And nobody had to say a word to me. I just got, she got very on purpose about creating a tribe that was going to support her in her effort and desire to find the body that she had always wanted to live in. The alignment, the alignment that's so important. And again, that's where we, we are staying on this first step because it's so key around that awareness that looking at like your whole inventory. So what you're describing is really looking at your social arena, looking at your habits, looking at the people that you're in relationship with, looking at their habits, their hobbies. And then we want to make sure that we are having people and choices and habits that are aligned with the goals that we want to go to. So once we take inventory and we decide what it is we want, then it's around starting to make a plan and have a strategy to move forward and looking and, and making sure that what we're choosing and what we're doing are aligned. Because many times we'll have various goals in our life and in in various different arenas and they're they're simply not aligned. And yeah. and that can be that can be challenging, you know, because we want to do it all. And yeah, and we, you know, I'm a firm believer. Okay, let's let's do it all. We have to have a plan and a roadmap. You know, it's kind of like, well, I, if I, if you're in your car and you're starting out in Minneapolis and you want to go to L.A. and New York, well, we can do both. But we can't do both at the same time because we have to drive east for one and west for another. So let's pull out the map and map it out so that we can go to L.A. and to New York. Absolutely. But many, yeah, but sometimes people don't think about it that way. And they literally are trying to go in two different directions at the same time and wondering why now they're stuck because you're not aligned. What, what, what your, your plan is not aligned with your goal. Absolutely. Yes. 
a lot. <laughs> yes, I love it. So we those two words right now, and that that very important foundational first step: awareness and alignment. And again, you know, so people say, well, you know, does that mean I, I have to ditch everybody else to the curb? No, it does not. However, there are some relationships that people do need to release. They would benefit and, from it, absolutely. And that's a part of your taking inventory, isn't it? It absolutely, and that's part of that microscopic truth, too, because a lot of times we know, we know, we, we know, <laughs> and, but we don't, but we talk, talk ourselves out, or we rationalize, or we justify, and so that's that part of that, telling yourself the microscopic truth. I learned a new phrase. I saw so I love happy social media. Social media gets a bad rap, but I, you know, it's like any other tool. It's as good as you, as you use it. And I've managed to set up my algorithms, you know, because you have to train it to how to do it. So I, and so my, my network and what shows up on my timeline is usually pretty uplifting. So I saw a post, you know, a lot of people are familiar with FOMO, fear of missing yes, out. Yes, yes. I, I saw, this might not be new, but it's new to me. Someone posted about JOMO, the joy of missing out. And it's the joy of missing out on all those things that you do, that do not serve you well, that would otherwise bring misery and kind of being joyful on your own, minding your own business. So I was like, I am team JOMO. Yes, I love yes, it. yes. I love it. I love it. I love it. I love it. So, yeah. So, yeah. Good morning and welcome, Patricia. I do love it. So we have here, so, uh, you know, Patrick, to heal the community, we must heal ourselves first. And I love it. You know, attendant of medicine, physician, heal thyself. Bring our best self forth to team with other good souls to solve problems with honest conversations. Yes. Yes. Honest conversations, yes. yes. That's the key word. As humans, we are sponge-like. Thus, who we allow to share a space becomes tantamount to evolution. Yes. yes. It absolutely does. And there's a lot of great, great um, research around social contagion and how people who are several degrees of, of separation away from you, their choices affect your well-being. So your friends, at least two degrees, like your friends, 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 but I think it's a little bit more, they affect your well-being. And so we can have a whole other discussion about the energetics of that because I'm pretty sure there's an energy component to it. But on a very basic behavioral, to use your example around um, uh, eating and lifestyle, so if um, one of my friends tells me about this great restaurant you heard about and then you and I are out together and then we say, you know, well, I heard XYZ restaurant is great. One of my friend's recommendations affects you, and that friend probably heard about it from someone else too. So that's a very concrete example around how our, you know, who's in our network and who they socialize with yes. can affect our well-being. But but it, it goes on. I mean, some of the research shows that you know smoking. So if you're you know some someone your friend's friend's friend smokes is more likely to affect your health and well-being. Uh, so, so it goes a lot of different ways. There's behavioral. It, it, so, yes. Yeah, so we really, it's very important to pay attention to who we surround ourselves with and who they surround themselves with. Yes. It is the ripple effect when you drop the stone in the pond and the concentric circles, right? Yes, it is. Yes, it is. So good morning and welcome, Nezrin. And Nezrin is... 
sharing. In recovery, we always talk about finding a community to support you on recovery, the recovery to living life. And yes, so we do see that coming out of the uh, addictions uh, community or those who who are living with their addiction in such a way that they are on this road to reclamation, reclamation of their life, reclamation of their well-being and the importance of the company you keep. So we do, we see this in different communities as we try to elevate ourselves, elevate our consciousness. You mentioned smoking. Uh, yesterday, I was at a, a family gathering, and this is that portion of the family where there are, are, are cigarette smokers. And one young lady was talking about needing to quit. Well, you know, uh, the person to the left of her uh, lit up a cigarette. The person to the right of her lit, lit up a cigarette. And in the middle of her talking about it, she reached and lit up a cigarette. And then again, it was almost unconscious behavior where there there was this social contagion that was uh, occurring in the moment yeah it yes it's it's pretty powerful i love um nesrin's point this peer support is so important it's actually one of the core trauma-informed principles so what you know when we teach organizations around how to create trauma-informed organizations or when we teach our um in my company we also teach we do a lot of workplace well-being, so we teach about trauma-informed leadership. And with our individual clients, um, we also teach around the trauma-informed self-care. This idea of peer support is particularly important for people who are trauma survivors, having someone who has a similar experience. So depending on you know whether we are doing, dealing with organizations or trauma-informed leadership or trauma-informed self-care, there's a slight nuance to what that peer support, what applying that principle looks like. But it's, the takeaway for your audience can be peer support in general is important, and particularly if you know you are a, a survivor of a of a trauma. So you uh, just have, um, so and many and there's definitely an overlap in, in people who are in uh, recovery from substance abuse. There's a significant percentage of people who are survivors of traumas and often childhood traumas, you know, abusive. And so it's, it's helpful to be with people who have had a similar experience and who can support you on your recovery. Yeah, absolutely. So, so, so very important. Well, already, you know, the hour is just flying by and I just want to point out to our audience a couple of ways of staying engaged with Dr. Donna. Maybe you need to have her at your place of business. She is a powerful speaker. So many ways. And one of the ways is ask me at Manifest Excellence. We'll let that go ahead and scroll. Ask me at Manifest Excellence would be fantastic way to get in touch with um, Dr. Donna. So let me see if I can pull that up for us for sure. Yes, there it is. There it is. Ask me at Manifest Excellence. And the other thing, if you want to check out more, what her programs are, And so listen, y'all, you know, my guests have all been so generous. Shame on you if you don't take advantage of connecting with them. So this is where you can ask her a question. This is where, again, you know, because you, you, you know, there's certain people that you just want on speed dial, that you just want in your Rolodex and say, 
I know her. You can also find out about her books. Maybe it is that this is the title that's missing in my library. I need to get this. The other and the place where you could do that is at her website. Yes. So manifestexcellence.com. And also, I, if people would like a nice resource to help them with their self-care and to take inventory, go to manifestexcellence.com forward slash choose you, C-H-O-O-S-E-Y-O-U. And we have a nice guide that has some essential self-care habits, and it also has some tips and a nice worksheet to help you work through taking inventory about what you want to work on, some questions to ask your doctor when you go in for a checkup so that you can get your uh, your healthcare team to support you in your whatever your health goal is. So manifestexcellence.com is our website. If you go to manifestexcellence.com forward slash choose you, we have some uh, have a nice goodie there for you. Oh, thank you for that. Yeah. So take advantage of this, you all. Take advantage of this. This is important stuff. These are important. Again, when you think about, and I think about this all the time, who do I want in my community? Who do I want to know that knows somebody that knows somebody that knows somebody that is having either direct or indirect influence of me? So I'm trying to build this very intentional community that is multi layers deep so that the so that what I need for my life as the tide is rising, all boats are rising and I am constantly improving constantly evolving, not devolving. And also remember, this show is available as a podcast, Weightless in Mind, Body, and Spirit. So if you haven't subscribed, go to wherever you subscribe and subscribe to this podcast. Go ahead and subscribe to my YouTube channel. Again, these are ways that we now have because of technology where we can build a beloved community and we have free resources where we can go to on these places. If you have a friend that needs to hear this word, you could send the friend to this place. I want you to listen to. I want you to meet. I want you to be aware of. So let's keep all of the above in mind over on my YouTube channel. There is a tour de force of guided meditations. You're struggling with meditation. Go get you some guided meditations. Put them in your library so that you can enjoy, so you can power up, so you can fuel up. If, again, what you like to do is stay in that intellectual realm, listen to weightless and mind, body, and spirit. Somebody's arguing with you about the importance of connection and alignment, you know, you, you can share this on Facebook, YouTube, or you can go have somebody listen to the podcast. This is what this is all about. So Dr. Miriam is saying wonderful. Nezrin is saying thank you. Christine, what? Christine is saying thank you for sharing. All right. So, hey, we got two minutes. We're going to go. We got some loaded questions here. Let's end with a bang. Yes, loaded. Do, do you believe we also play a key role in how things go in our lives? 
shouldn't we also hold ourselves accountable by knowing our strengths and weaknesses and tr and being true to your authentic self instead of holding on to our representative selves because we feel we have to show that we are on top of things hey well there we go I would absolutely that's what we're talking about we're talking when um I, I, when we were talking about self-awareness taking inventory of all your arenas and telling yourself the microscopic truth. So that's what we were talking about exactly that. You have to tell yourself the truth. And remember earlier in the conversation, we were talking about some people will benefit from learning how to push more and prove more, but others may learn how to, may benefit from learning how to pause. And I imagine in your community, that's probably it. They've mastered being able how to go out there in that world. But what makes it challenging for some people, for example, to let that go, ego attachment to how they define themselves, their work, um, what they put out there, what people what people think of them. So absolutely, absolutely, I completely agree with that. We have to be, in order to be authentic, that means looking at all that stuff and letting go of the stories we tell ourselves and the attachment to all the all the all the stuff, the ego attachment to how we define ourselves by all the our possessions and our job and our money, or even our friends. I mean, that's a whole nother thing that when we're looking at building our tribe to build one that nourishes our, us, truly nourishes us, our spirit instead of our our our, our ego. Yeah, beautiful. So we're gonna let Dr. Donna have the last word. And yes, thank you. Happy early anniversary. It's our wedding anniversary. So thank you, thank you, thank you. Yes, and so and Patrick is saying powerful show. Thank you for the great information and resources. Laurie's saying thank you so much for the information. Indeed, indeed, indeed. So listen, we're going to sign off. I'm going to have Dr. Donna meet me backstage for two minutes in the green room. We love you. This is the five, This is the wrap-up show for the summer. We will see you back here in September where we will be kicking off new themes, new ideas, new and exciting guests. So yes, 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 yes. So the thanks and the accolades are coming in, the happy anniversary wishes. So we're going to end up, we're going to party, we're going to celebrate because the party's about to get started. This is yours truly, Dr. Carol Penn, your host of Weightless and Mind, Body, and Spirit. Namaste and Ubuntu, and we'll see you in September. <laughs>